Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 146, the spoiler free review for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Southeast and Western, welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion. And here we are, the release of another Marvel adventure, our first big, chunky phase four film that we've gotten for a while now. And I know that it's only been a handful of months since Spider Man No Way Home came out, but considering the scope, the size, and the potential consequences of this film, I think, you know, we can all say, especially if you're like, you know, is it a big MCU fan? This was a very big deal. I am, of course, talking about the sequel to Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, before we get into the review, let's just do a little bit of background. Now, the original Doctor Strange that came out in 2016, directed by Scott Derrickson, I really liked that film. I'd say for a few years, it was definitely within my top 10 of the MCU, just because it dived into that like sort of different area that we hadn't seen in the MCU, introducing the concept of magic. And while they did a bit of a Thor in the sense that they downplayed the more mystical slash unknown elements of magic and tried to simplify it in a way that would make sense in the context of not only the MCU, but make it a little bit simpler for people to understand. So they took away a lot of the magic relics and took away like, you know, some of the more spoken spells. And it was more about like, uh, incorporating a little bit of martial arts and uh, alternate dimensions so you take energies from alternate dimensions and then create magic through that means essentially and while i was expecting and i think some other people were expecting a little bit more horror elements from this film because of scott derrickson's background in horror movies what we got was something different but not with any of those horror aspects but besides like mads mickelson being a little bit of a wasted villain he had a distinctive look, but in the end, he didn't really rise to the occasion of being anything more than like, you know, the standard set of Marvel villains we had beforehand. What I did appreciate was how they handled Doctor Strange's story, how he had this cool little uh, dynamic with Mordo where he was on the side of good, but because of what happened uh, as the film went on, he discovered that, you know, was it uh, Strange was not only tampering with the natural law, but he also found out that his mentor, the ancient one, was you know, was it uh, taking energy from the dark dimension and I was obviously feeding him all this stuff about like, uh, you know, was it doing things the right way, but then she was like technically, you know, a hypocrite for doing the things that she did. And how, because of the events of that film, he was just like, you know what? Now nah, I can't stay on your side anymore. And now I'm just gonna go off stealing power from those who are like, you know, is it basically messing people up? Hence why we obviously had that like a uh, post-credit scene where he, suck the powers from that Pangborn guy because he's like, too many sorcerers. I'm like, yo, I can't wait to see this guy actually become a villain now. But then, as the MCU evolved into what will become like the final two Avengers films and how much of a uh, factor Doctor Strange played in those movies as well, the Doctor Strange sequel was pushed to the background. And I was like, while I'm gutted to not be able to see a continuation of what would happen in the Doctor Strange world, I was still super happy to see his contributions to, 
Infinity War and how he obviously played a key factor in um, not only giving Thanos the Time Stone, which obviously ended up dusting everybody, but it was also one of the how many millions of uh, versions where he said that that was the way that they were going to win. So he was obviously instrumental in like at least allowing the Avengers to eventually win in Endgame. And then when we got to Spider-Man No Way Home, and then seeing how much of a factor he played into that, even though he was sidelined after Spider-Man trapped him in like uh, that mirror dimension thing going on, which was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, minor spoilers for that. But I mean, if you're an MCU fan, you would have seen this stuff already. So what are you listening to this for? <laughs> but anyway, um, in all seriousness, though, while we didn't get that Doctor Strange sequel that I'd wanted a few years ago, the fact that we got to see him in supplementary Marvel films and play a big factor in how those stories progressed and how he had like certain character, like, you know, is it dynamics with certain people? Really fun stuff. So when Multiverse of Madness was announced, I was like, ooh, okay. And then after WandaVision came out and then we knew that Wanda's story was gonna play into this, I was like, mate, so much hype. And then with the idea of Loki and then some of the events in Spider-Man introducing more stuff about the multiverse and alternate dimensions, the hype was growing to a ridiculous degree, to the point where every other month there were theories and rumors and then there was all this talk about the amount of potential characters that could come into this, the amount of characters that could come in from other dimensions and be brought in. So this could be like, uh, obviously, traveling the multiverse, you could run into like other versions of potential X-Men or, you know, the Fantastic Four. And if it's not like the OG version that we know from previous incarnations that was made by 20th Century Fox, they could be like new version that are brought in but yeah, there were so many rumors going on saying that, you know, is it a potential Spider-Man character come back, Loki could come back. Again, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, other Marvel characters that we didn't know about. The rumors were flying all over the place and I was afraid for my life that this was gonna turn into Cameo Fest 2000. And this was gonna be, you know, was it less of a Doctor Strange movie and more of a like a fan service cameo nightmare. So with every subsequent trailer about Multiverse of Madness that kept coming out, I grew enticed but afraid. But now that I've seen the film, I can tell you my thoughts. So, as we do on this podcast, we'll talk about the story, characters, presentation, and the overall conclusion. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. Okay, so now it's time to talk about the story, and it can be summed up as the following. So a new threat comes to Earth that not only threatens this world, but threatens the multiple worlds across the multiverse. And at the center of this is a newcomer called America Chavez, a kid who has the ability to travel between different dimensions. So it is down to Doctor Strange to try and save the day while also enlisting the help of Wong and Wanda Maximoff, AKA the Scarlet Witch. And that is a way for me to get into the story without talking about any spoilers. Now, putting my thoughts into words about this film is extremely difficult considering the myriad of stuff that happens in here but I will do my best to try and steer clear of any spoilery based material. I'll be as vague as possible. And yeah, I will just give you my recommendation the best that I can. So my immediate thoughts after the credits started rolling was that this was one of my favorite MCU experiences I've had in a long time. It was bold, ambitious, very, very unique. And while I could definitely see certain things while the film was playing out that certain people wouldn't enjoy for me, this was just the most flavor I'd ever gotten in an MCU film for a while, just in the sense that for the longest time, the MCU has been accused of being very samey across the films in terms of uh, a similar tone, a similar look, not much variation in terms of uh, 
its tone, its style, and how it approaches certain situations. And while I feel like that argument is thrown around a little too broadly for my liking, I will say that besides certain directors like James Gunn, Taika Waititi, and Ryan Coogler, and maybe the earlier stuff on the Russos, specifically uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War, there hasn't really been that much in the way of variation between some of these movies. So when I heard Sam Raimi was being brought in to handle this film, I was like, ooh, okay. He is one of those sort of directors who has a very distinctive style that you can see throughout his filmography. And while there are like uh, obviously differences between those, there's definitely certain Sam Raimi-isms that you can f uh, you know, see and feel when it comes to the direction, certain like uh, character slash dialogue exchanges, and obviously the visual presentation. And I was so glad to see that this was a Sam Raimi film through and through, and good lord it was so fun. So, this film had a lot to tackle because it not only had to introduce a whole bunch of new ideas about the multiverse and introduce all these new characters, but you also had to take into consideration a chunk of MCU stuff that came before. This is not only a sequel to Doctor Strange that came out in 2016, but you also need to take into consideration the events that took place in Infinity War, Endgame, and then more recently with Spider-Man No Way Home, but also taking into consideration the stuff that happened with WandaVision because, ladies and gentlemen, please do not try to watch this film if you haven't been, you know, caught up with the MCU. I know that now uh, the MCU have been accused of being a little inaccessible for people who are not paying attention, but at this point, stepping into any Marvel property now, uh, save for a handful of examples here and there, it's like walking into a, uh, a book and then opening it up like, you know, three quarters of the way through and expecting to understand the whole context of everything. Stop that. You even need to do your research, get caught up, or just don't bother. Because WandaVision specifically is a core element of this film. And while arguably this film could have done at least a little bit to get you caught up with some of those events over there, I feel like you'd be missing out if you didn't go about and watch WandaVision beforehand. But yeah, you have to take into consideration that TV show, a bunch of the other Marvel films beforehand because all of that stuff ties in to the events of this film. And there is a lot of spinning plates that this film tries to balance. And while I feel like the pros outweigh the cons, there are definitely signs that this film took on a little too much and it would have benefited from being a little bit more streamlined. Now, I've only seen this film once, so I couldn't tell you what stuff I would be able to cut out immediately, you know, if I was talking about it right now. And obviously I couldn't because it's uh, spoiler based. But I will say that besides some pacing issues and certain stuff that they did with the characters and certain aspects towards the end that I felt were a little simple in execution, I'd still say this was a breathtaking and really fun experience. I didn't expect this film to be as dark as it was, it went to some really dark and surprisingly weird areas, but this was the thing I was hoping for. When this film was coming around and they employed someone like Sam Raimi to get on this project, and also considering that this is Doctor Strange, where in the comics you're dealing with a lot of really weird, magical, supernatural and weird stuff. I wanted them to get weird with it. I said I wanted stuff to go out the window into like, you know, is it space and all sorts of like, you know, freaky stuff. And this film delivered that. Um, I feel like some people will not be prepared for like, you know, is it the funky nature of this movie? But for me, especially as a comic book fan, who is like, you know, is it waited for like uh, comic book movies to really dive deep and accept like its lore and source material? This film got super funky. 
And it's an interesting adventure going from Earth to like these different, like, you know, multiple dimensions with their unique rules and uh, how the characters react to them. And then seeing how certain characters are affected. Because for all the crazy razzle dazzle that's in this movie, there are a good few human elements that are holding this together. The core characters who are Doctor Strange, Wanda and America Chavez, they are, you know, suffering from loss. They don't feel quite whole. And this is a film about trying to, you know, is it navigate your life, trying to like uh, process grief and just learn to live with yourself amidst a myriad of like really complicated situations. And I thought for the most part, it was handled really well. There was just like some really cool character interactions, some really interesting moments that just allowed characters to have like, you know, just some really cool moments amidst all the crazy stuff. Now I will admit the plot for as interesting as it was, I found it to be the least interesting aspect of the film. I was more taken aback by the characters, the visuals and the film score, which I'll get to in the presentation department later on. And I think it also doesn't help that on, on a couple of occasions, the film does fall into slightly generic slash cliche territory when it handles certain dialogue and uh, pivotal moments in the movie where it's just like, that's seriously how you're going to do this? Of all the things that you've done in this movie and that's the way you're going to do it, nothing a little bit more nuanced or a little bit more clever, but okay, you know, whatever. It's your choice. But yeah, I'd say... Beyond that, the only other, like, I guess, nitpick I'd have with the movie slash issue is that you can feel the length of this movie on a couple of occasions. There's certain moments towards the middle of the film where the pacing really chugs. And while it's not like, you know, was it uh, spewing out uh, inconsequential information at the same time, it's just like, I feel like there's a way we could have streamlined this and shaved about maybe, I don't know, five to ten minutes off of the movie. But... Again, this is the kind of stuff I wouldn't be able to tell you about specifically without going into a spoiler, so that's that. Alright, and now it's time to talk about the cast. And there are so many people in this film, and I would say most of them do a pretty good job, but I will try to blitz through them as quickly as possible because otherwise we'd be here forever. Firstly, there's Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Stephen Strange. I really like him. I've been a big fan since his debut in the MCU, and I feel like the character's gone into some really interesting places. So there's a few things that they do with his character that allow him to be a little bit more emotionally open than he's ever been beforehand and confront certain things that I just feel like he's uh, just chose to ignore for a while. And Cumberbatch handled the role pretty well. I really enjoyed his performance and like the back and forth he had with a couple of characters, whether it be Wong or America or Wanda, they all just like happened to have like, you know, just good uh, back and forth, whether it be like banter or just, uh, you know, nuanced character interactions. I just like his performance. It's pretty solid. But then there's Elizabeth Olsen, my favorite part of the movie by far. I love her. I can't gush enough. And I know it probably sounds like really cheesy, but I don't care, man. Elizabeth Olsen, ever since she stepped into the MCU with Age of Ultron, I was a fan. I guess I became more a fan of hers by the time Civil War came around, just because we got to see a bit of a character progression with her and see how her and uh, Vision were developing this relationship. And while I know there was a good few people that just weren't on board with the idea of um, them as a couple because they weren't in tune with like the source material, uh, by the time WandaVision came out, I feel like Wanda was 
a fully formed character who has so much depth and nuance and we understood so much about like uh, her life her pain her struggles and how she just chose to like you know just buried a lot of that stuff well deep inside her so then when we found out what was happening at the end of WandaVision and how that had feed into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness I was like okay okay and this film <laughs> so the trailers don't prepare you for what will actually take place in the film but I will just say that she was brilliant she stole every scene that she was in she threw so much into her performance it was brilliant and there was so much that she got to do like you know is it whether it just be like uh, verbally or physically she stole the show I was super happy with it I, I yeah just Elizabeth Olsen killed it there's nothing more I can say than that and then you have Benedict Wong as Wong I've always liked him since his first appearance in the MCU but now we get to see him as the Sorcerer Supreme and seeing how he got stuck into the action was pivotal to the story at several key points and had just the most fun and unique interaction with some of the characters. It was great. I really liked him in the film. Chiwetel Ejiofor returns as Baron Mordo, and it was nice to see him again with his sporting his new look, essentially. And while I wish there was just so much more of him, I did enjoy seeing him in the movie again. Rachel McAdams returned as Christine Palmer, which was unexpected for me uh, before the trailers came out because beforehand when they were discussing the potential of a Doctor Strange sequel and even after it got announced initially I think Rachel claimed that she wasn't sure if she was in the movie or that she hadn't been contacted now she could have just been lying but for the longest time I thought that Christine just wasn't going to play a part in this but she did have a pretty pivotal role to play in this film I enjoyed her interactions with uh, Strange and a couple other characters and yeah she had a bit more of a meaty role than I expected but it was really fun to see what they did with her in the film and um, the other character is America Chavez, who was played by, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this name because I didn't actually have a look at her name beforehand, but it was uh, Zotichil Gomez. Man, I'm so sorry about that. But Miss Gomez, uh, I quite liked her in the film. She did do a fair bit of exposition and probably didn't have as much urgency as I would have liked, but I thought she was a nice, delightful new character who got brought into the film and... Uh, her dynamic with Strange was pretty cool. They have like a sort of awkward back and forth, but they sort of grow to like each other over the course of the movie. You know how these sort of things play out. She was fun, and I can't wait to see what they do with her in future movies. And there are some other characters in this film that were really good, but I'll leave it at that for now. All right, so let's talk about the presentation. And man, this film went mad with that stuff. Visually, this film was really, really good. I loved its approach to its cinematography, its editing, its scene transitions. So much of it was just so different from the MCU films that we've had, but in the best possible way. I appreciate when there is a film that's part of a series or like a long running franchise like this, and they allow the directors to really implement, you know, some stylistic changes to what we've seen before when it comes to how scenes are shot, how characters are shot, how the action is done, and even when it comes to like the style of editing and uh, scene transitions. This film is just a cut above everything we've seen in the MCU beforehand because it's just so weird. It's weird, it's funky, it just makes you like, you know, look at things in a slightly different way. And that horror element that I was hoping for in the previous Doctor Strange comes in in full force here. Now, I'm not going to say that this is like, you know, is it a crazy horror film by any means? But if you know 
Sam Raimi's style of horror, the way in which he implements it into this film is surprisingly effective. It's done in a way where there's a, a lot of tension, a lot of buildup, some scares here and there, and certain visual imagery where I'm just like, ooh, okay, you did that? Nice. <laughs> they pushed that 12A envelope as far as they could go with this, and you get some really fun and funky stuff in here. And I hate to keep throwing around weird words like uh, weird, funky, strange, but it's just so weird. And the fact that they were able to pull this off in the way in which they did was just fabulous to me. I really appreciate it. And then when you come to the visual effects themselves, there was so much to appreciate when it comes to the different styles of magic that people were using, whether it be Wanda or the people at Kamataj or the stuff that Wong and Strange were doing or America. And then when you take into account the different realities where you get to see all these myriad of different things with various different backgrounds with all sorts of weird lighting and colors and you know, is it distinctive stuff? It's like, bloody hell, I really want to know what was going on in the art department when they were deciding to, you know, uh, craft this stuff in the pre-production phase. But then also I'm curious to see how much of uh, the stuff that they made in this film was inspired by comic book material and how much of it was just from the heads of like uh, the crazy people at Marvel essentially because filmmakers when they have enough time they can create some good stuff and this was the case here there was so much to see so much to take in and I found myself having like you know a bit of a visual overload but at the same time I'm just like uh, hang in there man just take it all in take it all in and visually it was just so good I will admit though, the CGI on a couple of occasions did come across as a bit wonky, um, some of it was a bit blurry or there were certain things, one thing in particular which again I won't see, I mean I won't say, but when you see it you'll know what I mean, I'm just like, you couldn't polish that up any better? Mm, a bit questionable, but overall visual effects and like the whole visual presentation of the movie, super solid, great stuff. And then there's the film score from my boy Danny Elfman, and that was insane and I meant that. Now, for those who aren't aware, Elfman is one of my all-time favorite film composers. He's on my Mount Rushmore along with John Williams, Michael Giacchino, and Hans Zimmer. And I feel like even though he's done film scores here and there over the last few years, I don't think he's ever really done much that's piqued my interest the same way he did when he was making film scores from like, you know, around the 80s to like the mid-2000s. And uh, even though I like some of his contributions to Age of Ultron, I just don't feel like he's made anything that's really like, you know, made my ears perk up the same way that he used to, especially with those first two Spider-Man movies. And while I was severely gutted that Michael Giacchino wasn't going to be able to come back to work on this film, I was like, okay, it's Danny Elfman, he's teaming up with Sam Raimi again, and those guys do make some magic. And this film score when in all sorts of weird and funky places but it had that sort of elfman touch where it felt heroic it felt haunting it was intense and it filled out the screen for whenever anything was happening it highlighted those dramatic moments and you could feel just like uh with the instrumentation that he used i got shades of like those earlier spider-man movies men in black and uh, maybe even a few hints of like the early Batman stuff as well. And I love when he implements those choirs. Ooh, so nice. He really knows how to do heroic moments, make moments that are big stand out. And oh man, some of that music was so good. But then at the same time, there were certain moments where the music did get weird where I was just like, I'm not sure I would have like uh, went with that. There's certain moments where I'm just like, this doesn't feel like music I've heard in an MCU film. And while sometimes that was good, at the other times I'm just like, I don't know, this is actually getting a bit weird even for me. 
But I would still say, for the most part, the film score was very effective. And again, was presenting you with something that felt familiar, but also widely different from what we had in the MCU beforehand. So uh, my, I, t I tip my hat to Mr. Elfman. It was some good stuff. So now we come to the conclusion. Overall, I had a really good time with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I was so afraid that this film was going to be a bit of a train wreck, but it gave me almost everything I wanted, but also more, and a bunch of things I didn't know I wanted. There was so much hype that I was starting to lose my mind at one point. I thought I was just going to have like a bit of a mini heart attack, but there was so many good character moments, some really great visual material, and just the amount of like you know is it uh discussion points you can have especially if you're a big fan of the comics uh you know that you can have with comic related fans after the movie's over it's just crazy um now i know this film after i came out was very polarizing with some people saying that they really loved it and some people saying that they hated it and i can understand if you're not a fan of certain horror slash humor elements and if you're looking for certain aspects to come with the characters and story, you will definitely be disappointed. It really just depends on what you're looking for going into this movie and then how you choose to accept it afterwards. Now, I will say this. Um, I'm choosing not to engage in most conversations about this movie because I feel like some people are just going into attack mode and just saying, you know, is it you're wrong for liking it? You're wrong for, like, you know, disliking it. So, yeah. If you're going to have a conversation about this film, be civil. Don't be some stupid nutcase. Um, and if you want to talk to me about the film, I'm open to it. As long as you're level-headed and want to have a nice, calm and, like, you know, is it a logical conversation, I'm open to it. So, yeah, if you do have any comments about the film, let me know in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55. Check out the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or on Anchor, and a few of those other places where you can find podcasts. And, uh, yeah, I hope to do a spoiler-based episode on Doctor Strange after I've seen it about another two times. Well, I'll probably do it after the second time, but we'll see. But, um, yeah, don't hold me to that. We'll see what happens. Anyway, that'll do it for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening as always, ladies and gentlemen. And until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace. <laughs>